Well, if you have our Bibles, let's turn, if you would, to the book of Isaiah. Let's uh, see what the prophet has to say today. Thank you, Jesus. The book of Isaiah. We again want to welcome everybody this morning to Hope Through Grace Fellowship. Amen. Welcome. And welcome, church family. Hallelujah. Thank God we have another opportunity to come and be with him. Amen. And lift up the name of Jesus. Praise God. What an awesome thing that we have to do. Of course, this is Communion Sunday. I always love Communion Sunday because it's a reminder. Everybody say a reminder of what he has done. And so I think it's a great thing that anything we can do down here to remind those around us of what Jesus Christ has already done for us, I think it's a great thing. Amen? So what we do today is a reminder of what Jesus has already done. Several weeks ago, I read uh, some excerpts from this particular writing that I found, and it was called Passion from the Pulpit. And as I was reading that this morning, I heard the Holy Spirit says, well, not only should there be a passion from the pulpit, but there needs to be a passion from the congregation. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, what's passion? What are you talking about? Passion, Pastor. Something that you just absolutely cannot get enough of. I, I have a passion to love God. I have a passion to learn more of what God's Word is saying to us. Amen. Amen. Have a passion. I mean, just uh, you all have different passions for different different things. I had a I had a friend of mine who had a a body shop, and he told me one time. He said, Pastor. He said, I've got such a passion to make those old dented, uh, bummed out vehicles changed into a shiny new smooth, lean mean running machine. But he had a passion for that. Your, your passion may be in other areas, whatever may be cooking, sewing, you know, uh, racing, golfing, running, sports, athletics, whatever. But when you have a passion for it, it's more than just you want to enjoy it. There's more to it. There's more there. I mean, when you have a say, a passion for athletics. Someone who has a passion for athletics is usually the first one to show up and the last one to leave. In other words, they're willing to put in what it takes to be one of the best on the field. Just like a believer. You know, Pastor, I, I, I want to have a passion to be the best that God wants me to be. Well, you know, that, that's, that's great to have an attitude like that. And God wants that for you. But did you know God is not going to make you be the best you can be? He'll make all things available for you to be the best that you can be. But he's got some things in these 66 books of the Bible that's going to make you the best that you need to be. And how many of you know that just because we know how to do something doesn't mean that we are going to become what we hope to be. 
It takes more than hearing. Amen? I said it takes more than hearing. The Bible tells us that we need to be what? Doers of the word. Doers of the word. Not just hearers only. Folks, it's great. All the churches in the world today are going to hear something that's going to encourage them. All over the world. But just hearing is not going to get the job done. Just you and I coming here, just you sitting in the congregation, just hearing what I have to say is not going to get you what you need to have. You need to believe what you're hearing. And then when you believe what you hear, you need to put it into action. You need to do something with what you have. Amen. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. I can tell you right now, we could go around this congregation, and wherever you have the most faith in, whatever you have the most faith in, is what you've been hearing the most. Amen. Your success today, everybody in this building, from the youngest to the oldest, your success today has been based on Every decision you have made, and including today, that's where you are today. Based on every decision you've made in your life up until now, this is where you are. Where you are today is based on every decision you have made thus far. But how many of you know and realize we've not all made the best decisions? I'll raise two hands. I'm in the boat. Amen. Hallelujah. So isn't it good to know that when you make a wrong decision, especially in the church, this is our lesson today, if you make a wrong decision, especially in the church, especially Christians, they're not going to hold that against you. Are they? <laughs> and like I said, I was real clear. I'm talking about churches, born again believers. Certainly, those people will never hold anything against you because you made a mistake. Isn't that true, church? Well, we can just find out where everybody's at, can't we? Hallelujah. Well, it's all based on your decisions. And you will answer for your decisions, not me. Even God himself will answer for every decision he made in his word. In all 66 books, God is responsible for every decision he made. And every decision that God is asking us to make, he will hold you responsible and he will hold me responsible. Can you say amen? Amen. So I know I'm in a room of people who made bad mistakes, made bad decisions. Amen. There are no first, second, and third places. There is no podium like they do in the Olympics in heaven. There is no silver medal for third place. 
There is no bronze medal for second place. And there is no gold medal for first place. The podiums are all going to be equal. And God is going to say, I love you all. But it was based on every decision that you've made so far to get you here. How many of you know the decisions you made last week that weren't pleasing to God? He already knows about the decision that you made. And he already knows about the thoughts that you thought. Yes, he does. But he still loves us. <laughs> that's God. I said, that's God. Amen. Hallelujah. Our church this morning is filled with people who made bad decisions at one time or another in our life. But the one decision that made us different from the world is when we said yes to Jesus. Now you can make a mistake every day from now until Jesus comes. And if you go to him and ask him to forgive you, he will. And I know the people in the church will, won't they? Of course they will. Why? Because we've been there. We've been, I've looked at the bad decisions that I've made. I've felt the bad decisions that I have made. I've cried about the bad decisions that I have made. But there's one greater who I can go to, who can lift those decisions that are continually trying to weight you and I down. Folks, there's a thief out there. And he come to do three things. Kill, steal, and destroy. Yes, Sister Faye and I were talking before the church started today. How, how it's just, seems like it's just more than usual of sickness running rampant. Well, there was an attack. And the attack started 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. When Satan tried to kill Jesus, but he couldn't. I said, but he couldn't. Jesus himself even went into the dams of hell and said, give me the keys. Hand them over, devil. You don't have a right any longer. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Jesus. And his father is behind him. So I'm glad to know that all the bad decisions that I made up until now, all the good decisions I've made up until now, has brought me here today in the presence of a loving and a forgiving God. We can wake up every morning and know that because of who he is and the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary, I'm a free man. You're a free woman. Amen. Everything that you ever did, every bad thought that you ever thought is gone and wiped away. And God said he would never remember them no more. So why do we? Why do we? Amen. Well, I know why. 
There's an enemy out there. And he's consistent. He's more faithful than some church members. He's here every Sunday. And he tries to invade our He tries to invade the sanctity of our minds before we even get to church. He begins in the morning before we ever get up. When Jesus became victorious over death, hell, and the grave, so were we. So did we. You are a victor. I said, you are a victor, whether anybody ever wants to look at you as a victor or not. I'm looking at some victorious people here this morning. I'm looking at some victorious young people here this morning, regardless of all the the bad decisions that they made. But the one great decision that we made was to serve him. Serve him with a passion. Serve him like you care. Serve him like there's something on the inside of you. Amen. That's churning and stirring. Uh, a lot of you remember how, how you get when you're getting ready to, to go visit someone or go on vacation or go to some place you're, you've been thinking about and, and it was almost a miracle just to get there, but now you're going? Do you remember the sensation that you have and that you carried around or the expectant mother, what she felt, the passion that you had that was going to bring that forth? That's us! Hallelujah. <laughs> to serve him. Pastor, what are you saying? Do we all have to jump up and down and holler and run? And No. No, just let him. Amen. Let him talk to you. Let him come to talk to you. He wants to know about you. He wants to listen. Amen. Oh, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Isn't it good when you don't know what to pray, you can just open your mouth and the Holy Ghost will pray for you. Sometimes I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. And when I get in situations like that, I just open my mouth and Glory to God. That wasn't for you. I was praying in the Holy Ghost. That wasn't a message in tongues. It does not have to be interpreted. That was a Holy Ghost speaking through me, using me in my prayer language, and I'm glad to know that it's real. And if you've ever been baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and you haven't done that in a while, you need to allow that to rise up in you and come alive. If you've done it once, you can do it twice. If it's in there, amen, we don't, we don't need to suppress anything that God wants to use to get you to where you need to be. Woo! Come on now. Passion. I said passion. (laughs) Not only from the pulpit, but from the pew. Oh, hallelujah. I said with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I'm not saying you don't have the Spirit. You can't get saved without the Holy Spirit. 
We need the Holy Spirit every day in our life. Whether you ever speak in tongues or not, Jesus is still going to save you. And the only way he can save you is through and by the Holy Spirit that we have today and are led by and moved by and lives on the inside of us. But thank God for the power of Pentecost. Thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost that came and sat on every believer in that house that day. And the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. It's not me. It's not you. That's my language. You got your own. I said, oh, hallelujah. I said, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of us. Hallelujah. This is not, uh, you think? (laughs) But I tell you what, anytime you can talk about the Holy Ghost and we allow him to work in our services, it's a good thing. Did you know the Holy Ghost? Come on in. Come on in. Look in the book of Acts here. Let's go this way for a few minutes. Acts. (laughs) What was that, Brother Craig? (laughs) You think that might be it? That's certainly a good one. Acts. (laughs) <laughs> 19. <laughs> Did you know that if we'll just settle in on the word, right. that the word will set you free? Yes. If, if his word isn't true, if the word of God isn't true, and if Jesus were not the son of God, and if the Holy Ghost wasn't part of, of the Trinity, we don't have anything. Carry it in, in in a Bible or on a device. However you get it, it's true, and it was written for you. Somewhere in the world today, somebody is saying yes to Jesus. Somewhere in the world today, somebody is receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. And they were glad that they got it. Let's begin in verse 1 in Acts 19. It says, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He said unto them, these disciples, disciple is simply a follower of Christ. Have you received the Holy Ghost? Now there's a lot of, uh, of teaching, yay and nay, about when you mention the Holy Ghost. Is the Holy Ghost the same as the Holy Spirit? They're the same. Yeah. I could easily say, uh, if you were baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, it would mean the same thing. Amen. Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. He said unto them, these disciples, I'm saying unto you this morning, you disciples. Amen? Have you received the Holy Ghost? 
few of you have. Because <laughs> you, you answered that. Because you know what the Holy Ghost is. Yes, part of the Holy Spirit is our salvation. You can, I cannot express that enough as a pastor, teacher, whatever else. You need the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost to get saved. Oh, you need the Holy Ghost to get saved. Amen. Without it, we can't get what we need. And what is that? An address to heaven. Hallelujah. Well, Church of God of Prophecy... Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Everybody that's in here that has accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior could have said yes. Amen. But let's continue to look here and see if we have the Holy Ghost Paul was talking about. Amen. Or oh me. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they. And they said. These disciples said unto him. We have not so much as heard whether there be. Any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them. These disciples. These followers. And Pastor Dameron is saying unto you this morning, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And you know what I'm doing? I'm reading what he said. So I didn't say it, but I believe it. And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, these same people, Under what then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Well, what did John do? John was one who came crying in the wilderness. Repent! Repent! For the Lord is at hand. Hallelujah. John was preaching that you needed to repent to get to heaven or to be saved. Isn't that what he was teaching about? Isn't that what John was doing? One crying in the wilderness. You need to get saved. You need to get saved. You need to repent. You need to repent. And they heard that somewhere. And they accepted what John was preaching. John was preaching what? A message of repentance. Glory to God. Then said Paul. John the Baptist verily baptized with a baptism of what? Repentance. So when they accepted John's message of repentance, which was Jesus, they were baptized in water. Now don't let me put anything in here that's not in there. You look at it. You look at it, you read it, and then you apply it to your life. And then you will have the answer. 
that you need to have when we get through this. Amen. Some people get all tore up about tongues. It ain't about the tongues. That's part of it. Just part of it. It's the evidence of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, not the evidence of receiving repentance through John's preaching. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him that is on Christ Jesus. The message that John preached was Jesus. He said, there's one coming greater than I. Who I'm not even worthy to bend over and unlatch his shoes. He was talking about Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Verse 5. When they heard this, what they were being told. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Of the Lord Jesus. When they accepted Jesus Christ. John was preaching repentance. John took them to the water. And baptized them in the name of Jesus. Woo! Glory to God. What a greater name. What a name. This name of Jesus. What a name. What a name. That authority goes with. The name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 6. And when Paul, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, the same people, the same people who were baptized in the name of Jesus in the river Jordan or wherever it was they got baptized in, Because of John's message of repentance. John's message of repentance was you need to come to Jesus. Jesus was the center of it all. But remember what he said in verse 2. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He wasn't talking about the Holy Spirit that you receive when you ask Jesus to come into your life. Can I have an amen here in this Pentecostal church? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I don't see it. that It don't matter how you see it. It's what he said. I said it's what he said. Now, if you can figure out any other way he said that, then you have a talk with God, and he may tear that verse out of there. Amen. Folks, I want to tell you, over the years, we would have a mighty thin Bible if people got to tear out everything they didn't like. Come on now. I said, we'd have a mighty thin Bible if we allowed everybody to tear something out. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. Well, then you know what? You, you need to get saved real good. And filled with the Holy Ghost. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> and when Paul, everybody say, and when Paul. You know, Paul, Paul wasn't any, uh, any special type guy, but he did have a special calling on his life. You know, God called him to lead the Gentiles and preach to the Gentiles and, and wrote so many good letters and the epistles and all the church letters that we all read about. He, he was God's chosen vessel, but so are you. Who said you couldn't progress any more from where you are today? Who told you that lie? Who told you that you already got all you're going to get? Who told you that? It sure wasn't God, because God will never tell anybody, you've got all you need. There's always more and more. I believe He's a God of more than enough. A God of more than enough. A God of more than enough. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Those people who believed in John's preaching. Are we all on the same boat so far? (laughs) Some of you look at me like you don't know whether to nod your head this way. It's okay, just keep looking straight. That way nobody will know how you believe. Well, it really don't matter who knows how I believe. God does. <laughs> Amen. It's a personal thing with me. And it ought to be a personal thing with you. Hallelujah. Amen. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? It shouldn't influence any of us in here at all. It's what he says. It's what he says. Hallelujah. (laughs) Are you ready for some more? Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Don't get under condemnation. Don't feel guilty because some that go to a Pentecostal church, others try to make them feel guilty because they don't speak in tongues. It's not the issue. It's not the issue. It's a gift. Just like I would bring you something today and say, here. It's a gift. I give it to you. It's free. Yeah. Amen. What do you do with a gift? You accept it. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't want your gift. Good. Don't take it. God still loves us. I still love you. If I went to the trouble to pick you out a gift and I'd bring it to you and you said, no, nah, I'd just rather not have it. Well, I would say, okay, but God told me to give it to you. God is saying... I'm giving you this gift. But if you don't want it, do you know what God's going to do? He's going to give it to somebody else. Give it to somebody else. But you're okay. You're okay. You're going to heaven. It's okay. Amen. We shouldn't be shocked in our Pentecostal churches when someone speaks in tongues or, or a message comes and an interpretation is given or the, the gifts of the Spirit are in operation or prophecy comes, a word of wisdom, word of knowledge. We shouldn't be shocked. It ought to be happening every time we meet together. I heard a guy say one time, we're so sin conscious, we worry about what God has not done for us instead of what God has done for us. Said we ought to be living in the realm of the spirit more than we should in the realm of the natural. 
You know why? Because we're not natural anymore. You're not looking at a natural man. Sure, you're looking at a natural body, but you're looking at a man who has been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I am a supernatural man, been born again, baptized in the Holy Ghost. I am a spirit being made in the image and likeness of God. Whoa! It gets down in my legs. I was going to say I felt nervous. Felt. I felt. Once I felt nervous, but it ain't nervous. It's the anointing. Glory to God. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, who? Those people who had been saved under John's preaching. This is who he's getting ready to lay his hands on. Are they saved? Yes, they are. Are they going to make it into heaven? Yes, they will. Based on what? Their belief in John's preaching. John's preaching was based on Jesus Christ. The Son of God sent down from heaven. Hallelujah. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost, the same Spirit, everybody say the same Spirit, The same Spirit that fell on them when they accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. The same Spirit. How many believe something happened to you when you said yes to Jesus? We became new creatures. Amen. That old man died and the new man woke up. We no longer have the nature of the old man, but we have the nature of the new man who is Jesus Christ. Now that nature, even though it was given to us, We all know that it has to be developed. How do we develop that new man? Right there. Right here. This is how you can grow. Amen. How many of you know in the natural, if you don't eat, you don't grow? How many of you know in the natural, if you don't give a newborn baby its mother's milk, he ain't going to grow? But when he does, or she does, when they receive that nourishment, that's when you grow. Amen. But you know what? The choice is still yours. That's why I said in the beginning, where we are today, where you are today has everything to do with the choices you've made up until today. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. Who? Those disciples, all that accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, amen. All those who said yes to Jesus, amen. Yes. It's been available. But Paul's talking to these, these, this crowd he's with. And I'm talking to these people that I'm with here this morning because nobody else is here. But those of you listening by live stream this morning, you need the Holy Ghost. Yes. <laughs> You need the Holy Ghost if you're listening to me. Amen. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. Those that were there, those that had been saved. Amen. And they spake with what? Tongues. And begin to prophesy. Amen. Now who did that? Paul? No. No. God had to have a man, didn't he? 
And it goes on, verse 7, and all the men were about 12. What a great example we see here. That's just one example of the Holy Ghost falling. Amen? But what happened when Paul laid his hands on them? They spoke in tongues. Because of Paul? No. But because of what God had brought for them. Oh, hallelujah. I said, oh, hallelujah. Folks, I want you to know I've, I, I've gained more knowledge by praying in the Holy Ghost than I ever thought I would in English. I've made more progress praying in the Holy Ghost than I ever thought I would in English. Because my English language will only take me so far. My knowledge up here that I've allowed myself to be taught and I've taught myself can only go so far. But how many of you know the Holy Ghost is limitless? He knows everything. He has an answer for all that you have. Can you say amen? I believe this. I believe that when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues, and they did what? And they prophesied. They they began to say the things of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Glory to God. Isn't God good? That's just one instance. We could go back to Acts 1. We could go back to Acts 2. We could go back to Acts 4. Amen? But the point I wanted to make here Those that received the Holy Ghost, no matter who they were, where they were, had already been saved. Amen. Folks, it's not about the tongues, but then again it is. Because the tongues is the evidence of you receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. When you accepted Jesus, you were baptized into the family by the Holy Spirit that now lives in you. Amen. Have I helped anybody? That was my aim. I wrestled with what I was going to preach about all day. Two full pages of notes here. But I didn't need them. God had other ideas. God had other plans. (laughs) Good point. We have need of him. Jesus. Amen. You may have heard me say this one time. Guy was talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, and, it, and if we're not careful, Pentecostal churches can make others who haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost feel uh, less important. If any church you ever go to is doing that, you ought to leave. Amen. Because it's all important. Whether you speak in tongues or not. Amen. Whether you come to this church. Uh, this, we've all went through the Pentecostal Believes. I took my time for eight, nine weeks to teach this church what this denomination believed in. Amen. Some of it was not so easy to preach and teach to you. Amen. Of course, neither is the Bible. But the Bible's true. I said the Bible's true. But if we come to any kind of church, you shouldn't be belittled about anything. It's Jesus. Amen. God does want you to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. It would have never brought it up here. But it's your choice. It's a free gift. I heard a guy say one time, look at it this way. 
When you buy a shoe, what comes with the shoe? The tongue. And the soul. <laughs> Wait, we're getting too far here. Now. <laughs> Joe said, and the heel. <laughs> but it was kind of a, kind of a elementary choice. But the tongue does come with the shoe. Unless you get a pair of slip-ons, I know. Amen. So there's so many things. So many things that comes with God. And I have yet to met one person who has got everything that God has to offer. That's why it ought to be exciting Everybody, every time we come to church. What's going to happen today? Who's going to get what? Who's going to say this? Or who's going to sing this? Or uh, are we just going to always just sing four songs? The pastor comes up and everybody sits down and he preaches and then we all go home. I like it when the Holy Ghost just messes up everything, interrupts everything, comes in, takes over, and we let him have it. We, it takes us. Wait a minute, Pastor, I've never done that way before. I know, there's a lot of things you ain't seen done God's way yet. But I'm open. And you know the good thing about it? We have enough mature Christians here. We can judge everything that's ever done in here. From this pulpit as the, as the pastor, I have a right to judge everything that's done in this church in the spirit realm as we sit here as a local church. Yes, I do. I have a right to judge it and watch it. Why? Because I'm the shepherd over the sheep. Not the chief shepherd. A shepherd. And you know why? Because I care for your soul. I won't let a wolf come in here and browbeat you. I won't let a guest speaker come in here and browbeat you. Well, I'd sit him down in the middle of his message if he came in here and tried to browbeat you people. Come on, that's what a shepherd does. Amen. The real shepherd laid down his life. Amen. And as a shepherd in the natural, all, all I'm compelled to do is to lay down the word and protect the sheep. Your sheep. And it's one of my responsibility to watch over you. Amen. Whether you believe it or not. Whether you receive me or not. Whether you ever receive me as your pastor or not. That's one reason I'm here. Is to look out for the sheep. Amen. Hallelujah. Faye, uh, Faye, you don't play the piano, <laughs> or do you? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh. Could you could you play us something there? Amen. Now we're going to have communion here in a little bit. <laughs>